lost in love. It's no problem to hold you, tongue stroke you, please you like I'm supposed to. Touch spots that ain't ever been touched, and I won't stop till both these squirrels get their nuts. Hey, huh, you know it's good when we freak in, king size squeaking after I ease in. If you was with me, baby, 24-7, best believe that every single day would be a sweet day. Huh, curry sweeter than the cheesecake. If you want beef, prophecy would be a beefcake. I make love to you till you fall asleep, leave you with sweet dreams between the sheets. What's good, everybody? It's man, Big Dom, coming live natural another True Players podcast episode. As the Knicks are playing the Washington Wizards right now, the Knicks are down 74-70 at the third quarter, in which we saw Kemba Walker uh, drop 28 first-half points. And all of a sudden, when the ball gets into Julius Randle's hands, the, 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 the offense stops, and Kemba's out of, out of rhythm once at a rhythm once again. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to go into length about what's going on with the Knicks. And um, it's been a long time since I spoke to you guys. So a lot of things have happened over the past month. New York Mets got a new GM, new manager. Uh, like I said, Kemba gets benched. And the Knicks, after the fast, started starting off 6-1. and one. They're, um, they're below 500 and uh, 12th in the East. Um what what can you say? What can you say? Um, Derek Rose is out for eight weeks after ankle surgery. He did today. So what does that go with the Knicks? You know, reason we we all know why Kemba Walker is back in the lineup is because of the health and safety protocols of many players out due to the um to the student situation we're dealing with right doing the situation we've been dealing with for the past two years. I mean, past uh, I think year and, and some months, starting in March of twenty twenty with the pandemic. However, you know, in my opinion, he should have never been benched in the first place. I think Thibs was looking for a reason to bench him. Did he, did he sow some laps as far as defensive defensively? Um, yeah, but you, 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 but the next side up on, under the, with the understanding that he was going to struggle defensively. So you, you, you signed him and Fournier, and hoping to big to be big additions to the Knicks, I still think they could be big additions to the Knicks. Now, it's just going to take them some time to to mesh and come together. But you know, it's only December twenty third, guys. You know, so we'll, we'll see what happens as far as that goes. I did not agree with him. I did not agree with Thibs um, benching Kemba Walker when the Knicks was eleven and nine. They went two and nine while he was benched. He comes back and and drops some, some plays some great plays some good games the past three games he's been playing, so the, the the record is one and one. But we'll see what happens tonight because they're down by seven. You see me turning my head. I'm watching the game a little bit, but this is the problem with the Knicks, uh, and I think it has. I'm pointing the finger right at Julius Randle. He got the big contract. He deserved the big contract, but in my opinion, he is not the player. He is not the guy that's going to lead this Knicks deep into the playoffs. He's just not. You could argue with me all you want. If you want to argue with me about that, feel free to uh, feel free to hit me up. 
email me. We can go. We, I, can, I can do this podcast once again, and we could talk about the Knicks all day long and how you feel about that. Julius Randle's not the guy to lead this team to the um, promised land. He, he's the guy that he could be a secondary option on the team, but not the primary option because he gets he looks for fouls. Once he gets doesn't get the calls, he loses it emotionally, and we can't have that for a guy who's leading us, leading this team. We can't have that. Yes, he had a great season last year. He did. He's still dropping 20 and, 20 and 10 this year. But the continuity is not there with him and his new teammates, which should have given him the ability to have much more easier shots. And <clears throat> that is the issue. He's not getting easy buckets. He's shooting three-pointers. He's he's make, he's trying to face up. There. He just had another three-pointer and missed. You, this is what I'm talking about. He wants to bring the ball up court. He thinks he's a big forward and things like that. You're six foot ten, six foot nine. Get in the post, get fouled, and score the bucket, grab rebounds. We don't need you to bring the ball up court. We got D Rose and we have Kimball Walker to do that. We don't need you to do that. In the in the fourth quarter, as as I did the last podcast, I spoke about RJ RJ Barrett rising. I seen the last game he played was with, when he played against the Toronto Raptors, and how he was he was great in the fourth quarter, getting big open shots for the, his teammates, and forced overtime. He needs to have the ball in his hands in crunch time. Outside of that, he has to have the ball in his hands in crunch time. He makes better decisions. He, he can create his own shot. And um, as I'm watching, um, Fournier just dribble the ball up. He's not moving the ball. This is the problem with the Knicks team. They don't know how to move the ball. There's too much dribble, dribble, dribble. Too much ISO. When they, when they get down, when they get down by a lot of points, it's good. They they fall to they fall in love with um, hero ball. Too much one on one basketball and not enough um, passing the ball around. Kemba Walker scored 28 points in the first half. He hasn't scored. It's been almost nine almost nine minutes into the third quarter. He did not score a point. Only took two shots. So, what's going on here? You got you got to stick with the you got the ball, the guy with the with the hot hand needs to have the ball. Boom! And he just hit a three pointer, about to get a four point play. This is this is what I'm talking about. You can't doubt the homie from New York. You can't doubt the homie from New York. He this is his home. He's from the BX. And, and, and truth be told, he you know he's angry about being benched, and now he's showing to everybody why he should not have never been benched. I understand Alec Burks was the guy. He had one good game against the. Um, he had a few good games. I'm not gonna say one good game. A few good games to with against the Hawks. He brought him back, and the the, the offense really did run better with Alec Burks. Maybe the the play should be to bench Fournier. Maybe that should have been the play, not Bench Walker. So we'll see what happens. We, we right now some commercial break the New York Knicks. Um, like I said, Archie Barrett needs to have the ball in his hands. Create plays, create plays for his teammates in crunch time. And he's so and he's so cool. He doesn't let does let let's let bad foul calls bother the way it bothers Randall. When Randall doesn't get his calls, he he get he, he his his mind is gone. He low he loses it. He's not the same focus of the game, and it just hurts the New York Knicks. 
So as I'm getting ready to hit up to the next segment of this podcast, which we're going to talk about the, the NFL, NFL New York teams. Yeah, I got to talk about them. I'm, we, we are both New York Man, New York Jets and New York Giants fans are disappointed with the production that's been that's been brought on this field on on the field by both of these teams at MetLife Stadium. But before I hit that, before I do that, I'm gonna hit you guys up with a nice little video of my co-host, theme songwriter Prophecy, playing his um, new track "Once Upon a Time." Enjoy it. Once upon a time, yeah, yeah. Once upon a time, uh huh. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, matter of fact, once upon this time, no cap, but I gotta drop a couple lines. Yeah. I even had to read between a couple lines. Yeah. Couple times I interrupted niggas shine. Yeah. I took losses worse than Diddy did shine. Sure. If I slipped, I mean hell's frozen and pigs fly. I'm the ish when they say that shit's fly. Yeah. Niggas biting my style, worse than shit flies. Yeah. P get live, live than trip wide. Trip clip, boom, enemies die. That's what you get when you cross enemy lines. Too many times, fools ain't pay me any mind. Stevie seen rhythms, Ray Cook, yeah, the ones really blind. Ray bands on my eyes, thankful I'm alive. Breaking bands with my guys, spending family time. Dedicated like Nipsey, I'ma hustle till I die. Marathon still running, success comes from the crime. And then I say, once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Twas the night before that night. I was born on that day, but not last night. Once upon a time, I had my cash right. Plug called, he ain't act right. I'm far from a slow nigga in this fast life. He pulled up, I got low, hit the black light. Once upon a time, slimy niggas catch a bad night when bad police die. They don't deserve backpacks. Once upon a time, they need to feel what God rats like. Oh, so, so folks feel me like a past light. A head buster. I'm shining bright as a mag light. Once upon a time, when will the government act right? Opinionated imbeciles just need to get their facts right. Skull and bones, poison spot for the back bites. You'll find out that going behind my back bites. Once upon a time, got you dying now. When I'm around, these loud bouts be dying down. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, I was just dreaming. Once upon a time, I woke up. Once upon a time, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm up now. I'm up now. Yeah. I'm up now. Once upon a time, the New York Giants was the team that we always could rely on to be the playoffs on a consistent basis, to be the flagship franchise of New York football. 
where we have seen over the past six or seven years, that's no longer is the case with the New York Giants. And the reason being is it's twofold. And um, I was listening to um, on ESPN, I believe um, Brandon Marshall was saying something about that the owners, as the the great owners, the Tish and Mara, great owners, but I think they're stuck in their old ways of being giants. And I think it's time for them to um, elevate and change their ways to improve this team. There's too much of let's go do it the old giant way, but now the giant way is no longer working. No longer working. You brought back you brought brought back Gettleman. You know, Gettleman has been a disaster since he came in here. Ever since that draft he did, we drafted Daniel Jones with the sixth pick. And I spoke about this on many podcasts. I should have went with the linebacker Josh Allen and then drafted Daniel Jones with the 19th pick. I've said that many times on many episodes when I speak about the Giants. That was his downfall. His also also downfall is not not building that offensive line. That has been a problem for whether it's Daniel Jones, whether it's been Eli Manning, whether it's been Mike Glennon, who's horrible, uh, whether it's um, I don't know. I really can't keep put my finger on any other. Geno Smith. There you go. Was it Geno Smith with um, um, Gettleman or was it Jerry Reese? But nevertheless, I digress. The New York Giants have been a bad organization on jet like on New York Jets type level, dysfunction and all that fun stuff. And I'm not I'm not basking in the wind in regards to that because I respect the Giants organization. For me, the Giants are not like the Yankees. For me, I'm a Mets fan. I hate the Yankees, but I'm a Jet fan. I don't hate the Giants. I root for them when they're playing, not against my team, but I do root for them. But there's a few, few questions that needs to be asked. We all know Dave Gettleman is going to be fired at the end of the season. Whether fired or, or he's going to be fired. Uh, they, they may, they may um, spin it that he was retiring and things like that. No, this, this guy's getting fired, period. They'll do something under the covers. Yeah, we're going to you know, fire him. Would have thought when when Tom Coughlin left that building, it would the New York Giants organization will drop to these depths of New York Jet level, as far as organizational organizations, um, product on the field. You know who would have thought that? Another question I want to ask to my fellow Giant fans is, um, my, my fellow peoples who root for the Giants. Um, is Daniel Jones the answer at quarterback for this team? He came in with um, Pat Shermer. Well, was, I forgot. Is this Pat Shermer as a, the head coach? He did play well. He did play better than what he's playing with now. With um, whoever the offense coordinator is now, since they fired Jason Garrett, you know, the office has not even, has not gotten better with with, with when they fired Jason Garrett. So it wasn't Jason Garrett's issue. It's probably that dog. It's most like that offensive line that they put together. You know, maybe not utilizing Saquon Barkley. You playing playing too much Booker. Say, I understand Saquon Barkley's come back from an ACL, but I believe you picked up his option. Did you not? 
you need to find out if this guy is gonna is, is worth that money that you that you um picked him up for. You need to find that out. So he has to be on the field. He, uh, I, I've seen some glimpses of him coming back, but he hasn't had a he hasn't had a hundred yard um as um Alec Burks missed a shot at the end of the third quarter. Um, Alec, I mean, um, Saquon Barkley has had a hundred yard rushing game this season. Don't 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 anybody find that a little bit a little bit of an issue? Granted, my Jets are no better. I don't think they even had a hundred yard rushing period this whole season under uh, Robert Salah and Lafleur. Lafleur. But you know, I'm not going to digress off the Jets yet because I got a lot to say about them motherfuckers. We'll talk. And they need to hire me as GM because I would not have chosen this coach. Too much. We the, the Let me stick with the Giants for now, guys. Let me stick with the Giants. So, yeah. The guys, question you got to need to ask yourself. Is there your Jones? Is, is your quarterback? What's going to happen with the with the receiving core? Is, is um Shepard staying with the team? Evan Ingram. What's, what's going to happen with him? He's a free agent. What's going to happen? That's a question that needs to be answered by the new GM. Does the new GM even keep Joe Judge as his as his coach? That is the, the major question that needs to be asked. And whether or not we're going to have that answer is another story. It's definitely an, another story to be um, spoke about. And We'll, we'll, like I said, we'll see what happens with the Giants, what they what they do. My opinion, if you're going to fire the GM, fire the coach too. Let the new GM pick his coach. Let's not waste one year of let me see how this coach I inherited does with the draft picks that I choose. Okay? So I'm done with the Giants on that end. Okay, now we're going to talk about the New York Jets. Or oh, New York Jets. Um, over the past two years, I've never seen a team. I can't say I can't say this 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 coach is badly coaching the team. I don't think he's coaching to the talent that he has available to him. That's the reason why they're three three and eleven. Reason being, Bart Scott spoke about this two weeks ago. The defense when it first played the first few games had a pass rush that was really good. But it didn't didn't it, it when people stopped, you know, throwing too many passes against his defense, they started running the ball and you started seeing holes in the defense because they couldn't stop the run. This has been the problem. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the screen pass. They couldn't stop uh, um they couldn't stop uh, um what else they couldn't stop? They couldn't stop anything, to be honest with you. Screen pass, tight end screens, halfback screens, wide receiver screens, they couldn't stop anything. And I felt during the training deadline, I felt they did um they did CJ mostly a disservice by not trading him to a to a contender. This guy at the Jets playing at three with three is two or three two three and eleven, still playing his ass off from sideline to sideline. You know, 
the defense I Boscar mentioned something a few weeks ago that the defense that he and that Robert Sala inherited was a three four defense. You got three four players, and you played a four three defense. And um, I remember Bart Scott mentioning that that's probably why they couldn't stop the run. The problem I have with a lot of these new coaches, in which I give the utmost respect to Mike, Mike Tomlin. The reason I give Mike the utmost respect to Mike Tomlin is because he came from a Tampa 2 defense, inherited a team who was a 3-4 zone blitz defense, and he did not change it. He didn't change it, and he went on to win a Super Bowl with that 3-4 defense, zone blitz defense. That he he's not he has now he's grown to be an expert of it because he's been around it. But this Mike Tomlin came from a Tampa two, four three defense, cover two defense. But this is the this is the genius of Mike Tomlin is he 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 coached the defense according to the time that was available to him. Whereas Mike Robert Salah, you know, you can still run a cover three with a three four defense. Carl Lawson could still could be a, a stand-up rusher in a three-four defense. Quinn Williams could still, you know, get to the get to the quarterback. Fudukowski could still get to the quarterback. Maybe um Shaq Lawson, who they benched last last game, could have flourished much better in a three-four alignment and get to the quarterback. And CJ Mosley could be CJ Mosley. Mosley. You know? And that—that's—I feel that's a, that's been a problem. You don't have the cornerbacks to play that defense. I mean, um, the, the cornerback had a good game the other um, last week. I forgot his name. See, I don't even know these cornerbacks. You know, I think that you know that's something they, they need to work on in the offseason: getting, getting corners and getting some linebackers and other Russia. But fix that cornerback position. And please, please resign Marcus May. Resign Marcus May to solidify that safety. We lost Joyner for the year. Joyner and May, we deserve as Jets fans to see them in the, in the, in the, in the safety backfield to see what's going on. Zach Wilson, I don't know, guys. Um, I, I know a lot of people going to pop. A lot of people I see in posts on Facebook and things like that. Oh, he's a first year quarterback. What do you expect from a first year quarterback? What do you what do you think about a first year quarterback? Okay, we have Lamar Jackson, first year quarterback, playoffs. Justin Herbert looks like looks like he's going to be a good quarterback for San Diego. Burrows looks like looks like he's he's doing doing very well in Cincinnati, despite a bad offensive line. Doing pretty well. Got off to a fast off fast start this year. You know what the difference is between those quarterbacks and Zach Wilson and before his before Sam Donald? They don't play in New York. I explained this to many people, to friends of mine who are Jet fans. I explained to people in, in these New York Jet groups that we have on Facebook that New York, being a quarterback in New York is a different beast. You do not, I don't care. The higher the draft pick is for that quarterback, the more the spotlight's gonna be on him. It's gonna be shining on him. It's best to let him sit out the first few games 
and then come in mid-season or late season to play. Once he gets the sees what's, sees what's going on from the sideline. They didn't do that with this guy. And plus, I'm not a fan of short quarterbacks. I like my quarterback 6'3 and above. I can see the field. Excuse me. You can see the field. That's who I want. I'm not going to lie. The offense has looked better in the first half than it does the past few weeks. However, they seem to fizzle after halftime now. Before it is to get off to a slow start and then start playing well in halftime. So LaFleur needs to figure out how to get this, get this offense to play um, 60 minutes of offensive football, if possible. I understand, you know, other teams got um, they got the ball too, but the, the majority of the time that team has the, has the football needs to be producing points. Yeah, I'm glad they got the um, the field goal kicker situation solved with um, Pinero. I'm glad they did that. So the problem is, too, this, this, this coaching staff seems to be in love with Elijah Moore. He's a good little player. He does a little, 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 little good things. But he's a slot receiver, and it seems like they want to feature him in the offense. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a proponent of featuring, hold on, as I'm seeing Alec Burke driving. All right, he scored. All right, 97, 93 guys, Washington's leading the Knicks as I'm getting distracted here. But however, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of a five foot. He's not OJ. He's not OBJ. He's not OJ Beckham. Sorry, he's not him. You know, you, you got to need a six foot two receiver, big receiver. Who could um, be the, the top guy? And Corey Davis was not—it was not the answer. He needs to be cut at the end of the season. He's out for the season. But he needs to be cut. You know, he's, I mean, he, he wasn't a good player, and I, I, I purposely—I believe that they purposely did not want Denzel Mims to succeed. Denzel Mims did have a bad game last game with all the, with the bad with bad penalties. He had two very bad penalties in, in the last game. And I felt bad for him because I felt this guy works worked hard to be back on the field to be to be the the, the receiver that Joe Douglas drafted him for. And this coach coach staff is not using him properly. <clears throat> They're not using him properly. I don't think they even I don't think they even want him on the team. If you don't if you didn't want him on the team, trade you should trade him at the at the deadline. Stop this bullshit. He needs a new he needs a new scenery. And whatever happened to Makai Becton? It seems like he's going to be out for the whole season. I, I guess I, I guess him rooting for um, Denzel Mills to get playing time it, it doesn't make him doesn't make the coaches happy with him either. So we'll see what happens with Makai Becton. Defense can't stop the run. You even you even hear Eagle, Eagles players when they played against the Eagles disrespecting Robert Salah. That's bad business, and that's all, that's all on the players. They need to do better. They need to play better. Don't let no one come and disrespect your coach. Don't do that. So I spent nearly almost a half hour talking about the the Jets, the Giants, and the Knicks, and I'm as I'm being distracted by the New York Knicks playing the, the Wizards right now. 
But let me get to the nitty-gritty of why this podcast is happening. It's because after four tries, after four times, Buck Schulter has been mentioned as a New York Mets manager. He is finally, finally going to wear the New York Mets uniform and be the skipper of the New York Mets. And what I say to that, no more new new managers. We got an inexperienced manager, a little bit old, but an experienced manager who has built programs. One thing about Buck Showalter that you could never take away from him, even though he didn't get a chance to see the, see the fruits of his labor with, with, with winning a World Series, he built programs. He rebuilt the, the Yankee program in the 90s. He built the Arizona Diamondbacks program. And they won a, they won a, a world championship the year after he, he, they let go of him. So this manager, and, and the Orioles was bad for a long time. When he, when, he, when he was managing the Orioles, he got to the playoffs twice. And plus he was highly recommended by Max Serger, who they signed three years, 130 mil. It's about 43 mil a pop, just about. Now, when I heard about this signing, I'm going to be honest with you, with you guys, I'm fellow Mets fans, is that I was like, for a guy who's 37 years old, Cy Young Award winner, the Dodgers used him a lot last year. They used him at the bullpen. They used him as a starter. And how much does this man have left? And I thought about it long and hard about this situation, guys. And, I, and I'm convinced that this guy, I'm praying this guy has a lot more left to, to honor that three-year contract. I understood I understood why um, Epler, I think the new GM's name is Epler, I understand why he signed him because you lost, uh, they lost Syndergaard. They missed out on Steven Matz uh, coming back. They, want, they, were about, they were more concerned about Jacob DeGrom's injury with, the, with his elbow, which I hope he's recovered. And he's ready to rock and roll because if these two guys are healthy next season, there should be no excuse why the Mets are not back in the playoffs. No excuse. You got the manager who has the pedigree to get the team to the playoffs. The pedigree. You sign Stalling Marte to play center field. You know what I'm saying? Play center. We finally got a center field that we can put Nemo in left field and stop playing with Dom in left field and things like that. Um, you sign more Canna. You he plays right field. You can play left field. I'm was leaning towards keeping. I'm still. I'm still hoping they can resign Conforto. But that that ship, I think the Conforto ship has sailed out of the New York Mets dock. Sorry to say it, guys. Sorry to say it. I'm gonna miss Michael Conforto. It's um. He's gonna he's gonna play wherever he's going. He's gonna play well and find his mojo. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm still hoping they sign him because I think the signings have stopped because of the, because of the uh, major league baseball lockout, so they can't sign any more players. But they also signed a, um, an infield Escobar, and um, but this is this is the, the we um, Showman is in, ends up in the Cubs. If you listen to me on many podcasts, guys, I was not a fan of Marcus Stroman. He just talked too much. He talked too much and didn't produce enough for the type of talk that he was speaking. So I'm glad he's gone. He's not going to be missed. 
but would have I would have I've signed him also when he signed Scherzer? Yes, I would have. Because now what you got now is you got Scherzer, you got DeGrom, you got Cookie Carrasco. And who do you have the last two behind you? Peterson and who else? The Mets need needs Mets on the Gordon need another pitcher. And it's no excuse for them to lose no Noah Syndergaard. No excuse to lose Noah Syndergaard the way they lost him. No excuse. Granted, Noah Syndergaard did sign a one-year deal with, with the Angels. He could still come back to the Mets in 2023. He still could come back. But let's see what happens. He said the reason why he left was because of the uncertainty of the GM position, which they filled after he signed with the Angels. And that's an indictment on Sandy Aldis's part. That's an indictment on Steve Cohen's part. Uncle Steve, that's your fault. Stop crying about how the agent um, for, for Stephen Matz shook your hand and said, yeah, he'll come back and ends up signing with the Cubs. Don't be mad about that. Part of the dysfunction in the front office is, is because of the owner. And you got and, and you got to take responsibility for that, Uncle Steve. You got to take responsibility for that. I'm sorry. You can't run away from that. Things that's gonna things that's happened with the New York Mets is um, with Robinson Cano is returning from the, the year long suspension for PEDs. What can he give the New York Mets now that the National League is officially a DH league as well? We'll see what's going to happen. Who's going to play DH? Who's going to who's going to be that bat in DH? Me personally, I've I've said it many times. I've said it many times. You should have gave. Peter Alonso, a, a glove would have him take some ground balls at third base. And you move down the first base. What's gonna happen what's gonna happen is now you now you got two second basements who need to play. Jeff McNeil, I think he's gonna he's gonna rebound next season. He's gonna rebound. Whether if he's gonna rebound with the Mets as a Mets player or not, it's another story. It's a different story. He could be on the way out as well. Cano is for the all time. If they don't, if they don't um, buy him out, he's gonna be the, he's gonna be the primary DH for this team. Kemba Walker just to the three, brought the Knicks back into four with four points. Um, what can Cano give you at the age of thirty eight years old as a DH? We don't know yet. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Alec Burks can't play no defense, man, but that's another story for another half. Anyway, um, what can you do with Robinson Cano? What is if you keep Jeff McNeil, is he play is he the second baseman or um Escobar's gonna play some second base? Who's gonna play third base? The Mets are still flirt with Chris Bryant when the lockout is over. They're still flirt with that opportunity with that possibility. You yes, we lost Javi Baez, but I just think it was good for the Mets that he went to another team. Me personally, I thoroughly believe that. Um, I think this him and the, the dynamic with him and Lindor, you gotta you gotta siphon Lindor's um, power play on that team. And I think and I think that's part of the reason why. Come on, can't, oh, is that Dotson playing? The Knicks signed Dotson. Oh, that's why that's my man right there. Damian Dotson is back with the Knicks. Oh shoot. I'm um, sorry, guys. I'm digressing. Um, It's just Jeff McNeil play second base. Just Jeff McNeil play third base. 
or Jeff Deal goes out of town. That's the thing that you the, the, that Buck Schulte needs to figure out. The organization on the whole needs to figure out what is Jeff McNeil's role on this team. It could be real easy for the Mets. They could save him some money. Like I said, like I spent, I, I mentioned on many podcasts. I'm keep saying I mentioned things on my previous podcast about equitable spending. You guys, I've explained to you. If you don't know what that means, when you get you get more bang for for your when you get the bang you need from that buck you spent, and you have an opportunity in spring training is to have Peter Alonso take some ground ground balls at third base. You put down who's a better first baseman at first base. You keep your tool, Stallworth, young young kids at the corners. Then you could put you put McNeil at second base. You could put Cano as a DH. There's another scenario I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys that Buck Schwartz needs to consider. It's considering putting Robert Cano at third base. Put Robert Cano at third base. Put Jeff McNeil at second base. And then have Pete Alonzo. I'm going to hold up, guys. Let me watch this game a little bit. Come on. Come on, Kemba. Oh. Kemba missed a three-pointer. He's gassed. But you could have a situation with the DH positioning where you could have Tom Smith and Peter Alonso alternate swinging their bats at the DH. And if, and if um, Cano needs a break, needs to rest on the field, then he could also jump in and play some um, hit, get some at bats at DH as well. That's something that Buck Schwalter these would would, ha- would need to consider and have to flirt with. And that's what that's the way I would I would do it. That's the way I would do it to be honest with you. That's the way I would do it. Um, make sure the DH um, position is available for Don Smith, Peter Alonzo, and Cano. Now, if Conforto comes back miraculously, then you have a little conundrum there, but it would be a happy conundrum for me as a Met fan who's a fan of Michael Michael Conforto. It would be a happy medium for me to have on the team, Um, have him, you know, play left field. Go back to left field, have Canna at right field, and Saul Marte at center field, and now what do you do with Nemo? Nemo becomes your your super fourth outfielder? How could you how could you not start limo 80 or 90 percent of the games? How could you not do that? He gets on base. He makes contact. That's something for me to that's something for me. If I had to, if I was a GM, that's something I have to consider. I have to think about that deeper because I want Conforto back on this team. I want Conforto back on this team. Make it happen. Scott Boris. Stop being a fucking um Greedy bastard. We gave Sergio that money. Now do us a favor and have Conforto come back to the team that he was that he was drafted by and groomed to be a, 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 a good player with. I'm tired of seeing Mets Mets homegrown talent go to other teams and become all stars. Come on, Walker. Push, push, push. 
Oh boy. Randall, no, 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 no. This is where the problem is. Kemba Walker's gas. He needs help. Yes. Fournier hits a big three point at the corner. Knicks are down by two. Sorry about that, guys. I'm distracted I'm during the podcast, but it's all good, though. But yeah, the happy medium is for me is you sign Conforto. And where do you go from here with Conforto? Oh, my goodness. But now, what's left now with the, with the Mets is now you got the, you got the starting pitching. You need one more starter, and you need a bullpen help. Do you, do you flirt? Now, do you flirt with bringing back Familia? Do you flirt with bringing back Batances? Now, do you have a, now that you have a, 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 a real manager that you have, in Buck Showalter. I'm hoping hope he has the opportunity to choose his staff. And I, 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 I'm not a fan of um, Jeremy Hefner as, as pitching coach. I'm just not a fan of it. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. So you can save me with that with that bullshit, with him being pitching coach. I'm not a fan of that. I don't think he's good. Um, do, what, where, where, do you, where do you go as far as bullpen help is? Do you bring back, like I said, do you bring back familiar? Do you bring back Batances? I know the fans could be like, hell no. These guys was, was bad on the team and we don't want them and things like that. Some, some, something to consider. Kimbrell, is he still available? I think he is. Well, I think he resigned, but I have to double check that with you guys. But you got you, you need bullpen help. You need you need a left hand, left, left hand specialist come out the bullpen. Andrew Miller is still available. He's a little bit older and at the at the end of his career. But some, some, some you need to consider. Some you need to look at to fill to fill a hole in that bullpen. And plus, he has he has experience with Buck Schulter as manager. Let's see how much Buck Schulter has with the um, front office to bring in certain plays that he wants. That's what I'm waiting for. He's a pro. He's a program builder. Burks misses, misses a three-pointer. Sorry about that, guys. I'm getting ready to wrap up this podcast anyway because I need to focus on the game. Um, yeah. So, how much, how much, how much leverage will Bucks hold to have to bring the place that he would like to have on his team? And yes, so to get one more starting pitcher, and probably need like two, one, one left, one right, right-handed arm in the bullpen, and one left-handed arm in the bullpen. Let's get cooking. Let's get cooking with this team. It's time to win a championship. It's been over almost over 36 years since this team has won a World Series championship. 1986. We need to get we need to get back. Not just get back to the World Series, but this time we gotta win it. And maybe, oh my God, just hit another three-pointer. Kuzma. But anyway, you, it's funny how he leaves LeBron. He starts playing like a, like a, like some some sort of a decent player, a good player in those. Son. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, we'll see what happens with the New York Mets. I'm kind of excited about the season once they work through the CBA and get these guys back on the field. Then we'll figure out where Conforto's going and things like that. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's blessed to be back doing a podcast with you guys. 
Um, we, we, we're going to have Joey GLT. Hopefully, my brother Ricky Brown returns to the podcast to be a special the, the guest host that we're going to do. Because we have a few, two, we have two good, two decent episodes that I want to throw out there. Um, as far as Power, Power Book 2 Season 2, the midseason uh, review of the uh, Power series, which I'm excited to, I'm, I'm happy to have it back. And also, due to um, a post that I placed on Instagram about, um, I posted a, a, a video made by Ricky Brown with the uh, the weekend's Blood and Lights and John Snow and the Battle of the Bastards scene and uh, Ricky Brown did such a great job putting that shit, to, putting it together. A fan-made situation, fan-made video on Game of Thrones, and we have have gotten a lot of requests to do an episode on how we would rewrite season eight of the Game of Thrones. So I will let you guys know when those next week we're gonna do the mid-season of Power Book Two with Joey G and um, LT. And um, also, don't forget the Women's Entrepreneur Series. I know I've been pushing it, but I keep pushing the series back. But that's going to be something for the new year, guys. Something for the new year. Um, so on that note, I'm going to be signing off on the podcast. It's your man, Big Dom. Sign off on the True Place podcast. Bless that. It's good to be back on the podcast trail. And want to wish you guys a happy holidays, happy Kanaka, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays all in all. And I hopefully we will do a podcast before the new year. And uh, we're going to probably, uh, listen, I'm not going to make no promises. You know, I haven't been keeping my promises lately. So let's, let's, so we're going to, we're going to keep it, keep it like that. On that note, it's going to be done. Sign up on this podcast. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace. <laughs>